And welcome to the Chai's podcast, episode four. Uh, we're going to have a short one for you tonight. We're just going to do a Thursday night preview. Um, we're going to go over the Cincinnati against Cleveland game coming up on Thursday. We're going to go through a little bit of the waiver wire stuff. I know we're, we're a day late on that, so we're going to go through, you know, some of the guys that are maybe under-rostered or under-owned in, in leagues and kind of some guys that spike, some guys that are still out there, so... Uh, let's get started. And then we got we got the normal crew here, just me and Austin. So, <laughs> Austin, back, how everyone. you doing? I'm doing well. Yeah, I'm checking out all these all these uh, free agents and guys who have been added big time. Are there any guys you wanted to start off with? Um. Yeah. I mean, let's start off with one that's kind of a surprise to me that and who, who got added was still under you know 50% rostered. Your boy James Robinson. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you want to tell tell people about that? I mean, I, th- I think James Robinson should be everywhere, especially after he's got 100% of the carries in that, in that backfield for the Jacksonville running backs. Yeah, for sure. I mean, when you're looking for guys that you want to add as a running back, you, you just, you're pretty much looking for volume. And like you just said, he got 100% of their running back carries. So that's, that's really all you can hope for in a free agent pickup. And he looked good. So there's really nothing holding me back from picking him up. And he's still under 50% owned in uh, all the ESPN leagues, so I'd fire that up right away if you yeah, we, that owned. We use these ESPN uh, statistics, too. It's probably, you know, the most used site. So uh, if you're, you know, you're looking on other sites, it might be a little bit different, but we're going to use the ESPN ones. It's kind of the most standard. So, um, yeah, I mean, Robinson's interesting. Robinson, like, I expected to be, you know, a little bit higher than he is. It looks like, I mean, like Malcolm Brown up there, roster on, like, 73%. I mean, he was probably rostered before week one on a lot of teams. Um I guess not. I mean, it spiked up 68%. So mm-hmm. you you were you were preaching to start uh, Malcolm Brown week one. Looks like he's going to go into week two. I mean, what we can kind of do is go through this. And a lot of these guys, you know, are already picked up. They might still be out on the waiver wire. But I guess we'll kind of talk about it. Like, we would pick them up if we think that they're worth it. I mean, it's kind of hard to judge off week one. So some of these guys, you know, might have had a, had a big week. But their the trajectory going forward might not be so hot. So um Robinson we're both in on I mean I think both think Robinson should be owned everywhere uh, yeah. he should definitely be picked up and going forward looks good what about Malcolm Brown yeah Malcolm Brown too looks like he got that that early advantage on the rookie Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson's almost looking like somewhat of an afterthought for the Rams at this point I mean I've always liked Malcolm Brown's talent he was just kind of stuck behind Todd Gurley his whole career so for him to finally get his chance and then get those two touchdowns, look good during the game against the Cowboys. I think he's a, a solid add who could potentially be a starter for a lot of teams this year. Yeah, and Malcolm Brown last year was kind of a guy after week one that people were adding because he fell into the end zone. And this year it just looks a little different. I mean, Malcolm Brown looked different. He, looked, he actually looked pretty pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. He definitely looked like the better running back uh, in week one. Everyone was more excited about Cam Akers, and then you know, Malcolm Brown came kind of like, put his foot down on that party and it's it's going to be tough especially you know with no preseason coming in Malcolm Brown knows the offense I mean you've always talked about this but the Rams like made an effort to bring out Mal- to keep Malcolm Brown mm-hmm. and you know it looks like they're following through with with their roster move to you know have him on the team they, they can't make this is the exciting like new shiny toy but I think Malcolm Brown also is, is somebody that I would definitely add and you know maybe even start week two we'll talk about you know our start sits on Friday when it comes to that game but uh, Malcolm Brown should definitely be added so that's one that you know that's exciting those are two running backs going away from that is you know Dallas Goddard on his big week I don't expect him to really be available in a lot of leagues but 
it looks like the Eagles are going to be running through, you know, both the tight ends. And I don't know that it's going to be Goddard over Ertz, but if not, um, if, if, you know, if that's not the case, I think Ertz, or I think Goddard is still going to be one of the top targets in the offense. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I was kind of teetering with the idea of ranking him ahead of Ertz this year. I didn't, I don't have the balls for that, <laughs> but I mean, Ertz and Goddard have a really good shot at both being top 10 tight ends. And yeah, they really were last surprised. year. Yeah. So I'm yeah. not surprised if they would follow that up again and if Goddard maybe even took the leap ahead of him. Okay, cool. So we got Goddard, Malcolm Brown, James Robinson. We all think's real. Um, I think we'll both agree on this one, and it's you know going to be something that is is going to be talked about throughout the fantasy community. Is Sammy Watkins? You know his his ownership spiked after Week One. Um, you know last year he had a big Week One. This year he followed it up with another one. Um, that's one where I'm really not super interested. I mean I think he's going to be ro- he should be rostered in a lot of leagues, but you know, I'm not, like, going crazy to go get him if he's out there, if you're in kind of, like, more of a shallow league. But there are other guys that I'd be interested in um, above Sammy Watkins. I mean, it's – I don't know if, like, you're ever going to really feel comfortable starting him is, is kind of mm-hmm. the thing for me. He's kind of – he's a flyer every week, but I would never really feel like he's going to, like, be a, be a starter. We talked about it on our last podcast, you know. Sammy has the big week, and, you know, next week it could be Nicole Hardman. Next week it could be Demarcus Robinson. It's awesome to have a piece of the Chiefs offense, but I'm not going crazy over Sammy Watkins' first week. Yeah, me too. And with a guy like him, it always seems like you're just kind of chasing the week before. It's like, yes, he had this monster game, but he feel like he really doesn't ever have like back-to-back good weeks. So you're kind of just hoping he does what he did last week, and you feel like he usually doesn't. So not One I know we're both a little bit more in on who, who we think could have some real value. He's only rostered in – 14% of leagues is Russell Gage. Mm-hmm. Um, I picked up Russell Gage in a few leagues. You know, he spiked up, but I mean, he's still not, you know, owned more than 15%, which is kind of crazy to me. Yeah, very um, surprising. When you look at yeah. like the Falcons' bad defense, they're going to be throwing the ball a ton, 12 targets, yeah. like we talked about. I mean, he's almost like it's like Russell Gage is locked in to being like the, in at least the third receiver there, mm-hmm. which is pretty valuable, maybe even the third target in that offense with the looks of it from week one. And I'm not really worried about anybody behind him, you know, and if yeah. Julio or if Calvin Ridley goes down, which Calvin Ridley has, you know, the last couple of years, I'm not, I'm not wishing that happens, but Russell Gage has value, you know, aside from that. And if, if either of them goes down, he's going to be extremely valuable. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, he's a talented guy too. He proved it last year. And then having this week one, like breakout game kind of just backed up everything he did towards the end of last year. Yeah. So, so he, the talent's there. Yeah. It's only 14% rostered, so if you guys see him out anywhere, I would definitely go at Russell Gage. Uh, we'll talk about a couple more here. One that I'm really surprised is, is still pretty low is Paris Campbell, still under 50%. Uh, we talked about him on you know our last episode, too. It looks like he could potentially be the number one target in Indy. He was week one, and I don't really see a reason why he can't be going forward. I wasn't as high on him, but you know if Rivers keeps looking his way, I think he got nine targets in week one. If Rivers keeps looking his way like that, I mean, there's no, there's no way that anybody who's, you know, a number one, number one or number two option in an offense should be less than uh, mm-hmm. 40% rostered. Yeah, plus he's just like a weapon, too. He's going to be used in, like, running plays and just, like, short yardage screens, yeah. different, different ways like that. Uh, one guy I want to talk about, Scotty Miller, just seeing that Chris Godwin's going to be in the concussion protocol this week. I mean, Scotty Miller, it's his moment to shine. <laughs> Him and Tom Brady have a really good connection already. So this could be a, a breakout game for Scotty Miller. Yeah. What do you think? 
yeah, I mean, this this could be his coming out party for sure. Um, you know, there are some people that already like Scotty Miller, and then that kind of news is, you know, bad for Godwin. Gives an opportunity for Miller to step up. I mean, he had five catches and 73 yards in week one, six targets. Uh, you know, his first game with Brady. So, mm-hmm. you know, if Godwin's out and he takes over, you know, that, that role, it, it could be a massive day for him. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. I mean, they play Carolina, so nice match. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's a really good matchup for a breakout, especially if you need like you know pinch someone in your lineup. Um, another guy, I know we're kind of going back and forth that you know I'm, I'm not buying. I don't think you're buying either. Is you know Peyton Barber, Peyton Barber for the Washington Football Team. Uh, you know, 17 carries, 29 yards, averaging a <laughs> one point one point seven yards per carry, uh, two touchdowns. So, I mean, he had more touchdowns than he averaged yards per carry. If that tells you anything. <laughs> um, I, I don't buy it. You know, I, if you if you go and rewatch that game, Antonio Gibson actually had looks at the goal line, and he didn't finish, and Barber just came in and, you know, did his thing, rolled into the end zone. and That's pretty much all he's going to do. I mean, it's a – I don't really love, like, you know, his ceiling. I don't see him scoring two touchdowns again. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if I'm starting anybody in that offense, it would be Gibson. I, I, don't, I don't really see any reason to even – you know, waste your roster spot on Peyton yeah. Barber. I'd rather have, like, more high upside guys than a guy that's, like, you know, may or may not even be involved this next week. Yeah, um, seriously. Hey, if you're going to start Peyton Barber and you need help, you should probably yeah. look for a trade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. I, I just – I'm not buying that, so don't look at the two touchdowns and, and mm. jump on Peyton Barber. Um, another surprising one here, you know, Corey Davis, after his breakout in week one um, – you know, we all know the talent. He was a former top five pick. He's, you know, got all the talent in the world. We've never really seen it come to fruition. He had a – I mean, he's had, he's had big games here and there. Uh, week one, you know, he had seven catches, 101 yards on eight targets. They played Jacksonville this week. Um, and, you know, another plus matchup. He's only 10% rostered, uh, which is which is surprising to me considering his pedigree. Um, I'll tell you a guy you – know, I'm definitely taking Corey Davis over a guy like Marquez Valdez-Scantlin. Yeah. Uh, who's another like popular ad this week? I'm t- I would definitely add Corey Davis over him. What about you? Um, if we're just talking for this week, I think Valdez Scantling could actually have a, a pretty nice game against Detroit with mm-hmm. all their injured cornerbacks. In terms of like talent and like throughout the season, yeah, I think Corey Davis is going to be much more reliable and somebody mm-hmm. you'd actually feel okay starting. It yeah. kind of reminds me of like picking up a guy like uh, Sammy Watkins. You know, he's, yeah. he's, I don't really feel great starting him ever, but he's a talented player. Yeah. That's We're fair. I, shot. I don't really see, you know, starting him either, like, you know, necessarily. Jacksonville's a good matchup, but you'd have to really be in a bad situation, I feel like, to yeah. feel safe starting him this week. But what's interesting to me is I like to, you know, have a guy or at least use my, you know, fab or my, you know, my waiver pickups on. And guys who I feel like, unless I need it for one week, guys that might have, you know, value down the yeah. road. And with Tennessee, it's interesting because, I mean, they're they're hungry for weapons. They're looking for kind of like where, who's going to get these targets. Like everyone's expecting, you know, A.J. Brown's targets to spike from last year. He had like 84. People are expecting that to go up. And I think it is too. But, I mean, week one didn't tell us that. Week one, you know, showed us that Corey Davis was involved. And, and it'll be interesting to see if that continues. Um, so that, that's kind of the only reason over him on Valdez Scantling. I feel like if I picked up Scantling and he burns me against the Lions, I'm done with him after that yeah. week. <laughs> um, whereas Corey Davis, I might pick up and watch this Jacksonville game and see like 
you know, maybe Corey Davis is more involved than we than we initially thought he was going to be. So it's it's more of like, yeah, for, I get what you're saying. And for me, I'm more like, he's, he's a good talent. And so maybe stash him and see what happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like we were talking about earlier, too, he's on that contract year. This might just be different Corey Davis. So, yeah, not, yeah, not a bad call to, to pick him up early. Corey Davis needs to get his payday. And mm-hmm. it, was a good, it was a good start to his campaign. Another one that I'm surprised about is still low. Uh, another guy we talked about in the last podcast, Joshua Kelly, is only 20% rostered. Um, and I get it, you know, Austin Eckler is still the, the main dog there. I'm not, I don't think Kelly's, you know, coming for coming for his job at all. But it was a pretty good start for him. I think better than I mm-hmm. thought it was going to be in terms of, you know, his workload. I mean, he scored a touchdown. He got like 12 carries. You know, he was more involved than I thought. Justin Jackson just went down. So, I don't know. Joshua Kelly could be taking on a much bigger role with the way he looked. For sure. Especially if, like we uh, we were mentioning, if Eckler goes more back to that like receiving role, Josh Kelly could take over that running back role that uh, Melvin Gordon had last year. Mm-hmm. He'd be in for a lot of lot of volume. Yeah. I've got a couple more guys here. Um, talk about Benny Snell. I mean, we're waiting to still see, you know, what's going to be the result of James Conner. You know, he went down on Monday night with an ankle injury. and you know, He hasn't been ruled out. Mike Tomlin said, we'll leave the light on for him. What, what, what uh, phrase is that? Is that AM, PM or something? <laughs> Motel 6. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. So they're going to leave the light on for Conner. We'll see what that means. Yeah, we'll leave um, the light on for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll see what that means. Um, but until Conner is ruled out, you know, I don't feel comfortable – you know, starting Snell because I think it'll be somewhat of a timeshare. I'm 100% adding though. Oh, yeah. And, like, if, if, you know, if Connor does get ruled out and Snell falls into this workload, I mean, we saw what he did week one mm-hmm. with it already, 19 carries for 113 yards. He was one of the top five rushers this week in terms of just his pure rushing yardage. He averaged six yards a carry. Um, I mean, he, he looked really good. So it was against the Giants defense. You know, I'm not, you know, putting too much weight into that, but it's significant, you know, to take on the 19 carries. It looks like, you know, if Connor actually is ruled out, Snell's going to fall into potentially a workhorse role. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because Mike Tomlin was just saying last week, mm-hmm. James Connor's going to be our, our like bell cow running back. Mm-hmm. So he goes down, next guy up, it's going to take exactly. over that role. So yeah, so I'm 100% adding Snell, not not comfortable starting him yet, but he should be on everybody's roster if you see him out there in free agency. He's another one where, you know, we just talked about upside. Like, I'd rather have a guy like him and stash him for at least a week or two mm-hmm. and see what the situation turns out to be than, you know, again, go back to, like, a Peyton Barber where, like, this might be, you know, the last opportunity he, he has this week yeah. before Antonio Gibson takes over. Whereas Benny Snell, you know, maybe stash him for a little bit and if – this Connor thing ends up being more serious than we think, or, you know, Connor goes down again, which isn't, you know, out of, out of the question. And Snell could really fall in to be like, you know, a league winner for you. So I, I'd be looking to add him a lot of places, especially if you're in a non-people league, like I should 100% be on your team. Definitely. Um, and then another one, you know, it's going to be a heavy ad, who had the huge week one, Naeem Hines. Um, he's 70% rostered, so it looks like, you know, a lot of people picked him up already. Uh, he spiked up 35%. So um, he was, you know, Heavy ad. He was one of the top scorers at the running back position in week one. Are you buying or selling that? I'm buying big time, especially with Marlon Mack going down. It seems like he's going to have just a really big role in their offense. Uh, it's going to be probably their like second or third receiving option with Rivers. 
And Jonathan Taylor obviously showed he could catch the ball with six catches. But uh, going forward, I don't think they're going to be using him as much as a receiver. It seems like he's just going to be there for a second down running back and Hines getting all those short yards targets. So I'm, I'm really liking Hines. I think he has huge potential this year. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely, you know, on board with Hines being rostered on seventy percent. I think it should be higher, um, especially in PPR leagues. I mean, if you're not in a PPR league, well, I mean, first off, you should get a PPR league yeah. or at least a half point PPR league. But um, I mean, Hines is going to have value. I think regardless. I think this is, you know, it's going to be Jonathan Taylor's backfield for the most part. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's any surprise with Marlon back down. But mm-hmm. Naeem Hines is still going to have a role, and. You know, aside from they have Paris Campbell, they have T.Y., you know, we'll see what Pittman turns into but and Jack Doyle. But, you know, Hines is like a weapon for their offense. I think he's actually going to be, you know, used a lot in a lot of different ways. He lines up, you know, outside the backfield. Like, he's, you know, he's a great pass catcher. So, and he's electric. Like, he can just you yeah. know, turn something into nothing. So, I don't see any reason why you wouldn't add him and kind of see the situation again. You don't want to, like, you know, predict injuries. Marlon Mack just went down. But, you know, imagine if something happens to Jonathan Taylor, you know. I mean, Naeem Hines could fall into, like, a huge role. I, I'd like to have anybody on my roster who, you know, has, like, you know, at least a split or a chance to, like, you know, take over a backfield, which, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't think Hines would ever get, like, a ton of carries. But if, if you know, if anything happens, he's, his role is going to be Yeah, I mean, he's got potential for, <clears throat> for at least 80 catches this year. Yeah. So, um, put you on the spot. If you had to drop – half of your free agency budget on one of these free agents this week, who would you feel most comfortable doing? If I had to drop half? Yeah, let's say you had <laughs> a few of your guys went down. You really needed yeah. somebody to step in. Yeah, see, I don't know if I, I'm not a huge advocate of doing that ever, but it would be James Robinson if he was out there just because he, you know, was the full-time starter. week mm-hmm. one. And so, I mean, so was Malcolm Brown for the most part, not a, not full-time uh, you know, Akers, like, still had a role. Malcolm Brown didn't, you know, take all the carries. James Robinson had all the carries from the yeah. running back position. And we'll see what happens with, you know, if Zigbo comes back or if Will Armstead, you know, when he comes off the COVID list. But, I mean, we already saw it with James Robinson, and he looked good. And it seems like, you know, everything after that has been positive, too. Like, you know, Jake Gruden came out and, you know, was praising him and saying, you know, he was able to handle it. You know, we thought he was going to be able to handle it. You know, one of these guys, it seems like every year, like, spouts out, right, at the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. and he's like a big ad, and, you know, you either get him or you don't, and all season, you're like, you know, he was just sitting there, like, how did I not get him? <laughs> and like, right now, that looks like it's James Robinson out of, like, all these guys, and I just talked about Snell. I think he has, like, you know, the high upside, but there are things that need to happen to, you know, make that come to fruition, but mm-hmm. James Robinson already has it. It's almost like James Robinson has to lose it, if anything. Yeah. So I would, I would be getting James Robinson for sure. Another guy in the same offense who I was, you know, recommending to people who have been talking, talking about, he's, he's rostered in, whoa. Yeah. LaVisca's only rostered in 10%. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty wild, right? Oh. All right. Well, yeah, that one just snuck up on me. I, mean, <laughs> I like, you know, assumed he must have been picked up more. If LaVisca Chenault was out on your waiver wire, I would 100% be picking him up. I would probably pick him up over any of those other receivers I just talked about. <laughs> I'm that high on him. I think it's – he's, you know, just like a physical specimen. He's able to do everything. We weren't sure what his role was going to be week one, and, like, it was just, you know, way more than we were expecting. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like you know, exactly only, what we wanted. Yeah, he only got four targets, but he got some carries. You know, he scored mm-hmm. a touchdown. He was – if you actually watch the game, too, I mean, this guy's a headache. Like, he yeah. was just he's running a, over he's people. He's a game like, plan, he's, like, headache for defensive coordinators. Yeah, so, I mean, I would 100% be grabbing LaVisca. Uh, I just recommended that to a friend of mine uh, who was asking, you know, to kind of rank these guys, like where he should spend his fab. And I, I kind of said what I had already you know, said on here. I don't, I, you know, I'm not an advocate of spending it all, like, really early unless there's somebody, like, huge there. Robinson wasn't available in, in this guy's particular league, but, but LaVisca was, and I told him I'd pick up LaVisca over, over Davis, over Gage, you know, over Scantling. Um, over Watkins, I'd, I'd be picking up Lavisca everywhere because we don't really know like what the ceilings would be with him. And I think he's really talented. And the Jack, I don't know. We're both fans of the Jacksonville offense this year. Mm-hmm. They're going to be coming from behind all year long, and Lavisca could be a huge add. Yeah. So, uh, quick note: you adding any of these Jets running backs with Le'Veon going down for a few weeks? No. <laughs> yeah. Keep it short I'm, there. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Um, I'm not interested. Maybe, maybe Lamichael Pirine like later when he gets healthy if Le'Veon's still out. But I, I don't. I wouldn't feel comfortable starting Frank Gore. If there was one I'd pick up, it'd probably be Josh Adams. Honestly, he's just he, he was good in the past, and he could be a sneaky guy who'll get you some points. Yeah, yeah, that one's interesting. And then, um, oh my God, I can't believe that these guys rostered in ten percent yeah. leagues. That's that's crazy to me. Um, who else is kind of Miles Gaskin? Yeah, we talked pretty about that one. Mm-hmm. We talked about that one on the last show. I'm, I'm also not going to be spending a lot on Miles Gaskin. Um, you know, he led the backfield in Week One, but I don't really know how much to you know invest in that. They have Jordan Howard. They have Matt Breida. I don't see you know anybody really coming out, especially Gaskin. I don't see Gaskin just you know taking over that role. They just brought in Howard. They just brought in Breida. Yeah. I'm not going to exclude them from the game plan. Mm-hmm. So I would I would definitely not blow a lot of my, my fab or blow, you know, my waiver wire pickups on on Miles Gaskin. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, we, we touched on a lot of guys there. I think most of the guys that are, you know, really, really worth it. Some of, the, <laughs> some of these some of these other ones maybe just, you know, week one over reactions, week one flyers that just kind of blew up that might not be too valuable going forward. But, yeah, pick up LaVisca. I think, you know, pick up Russell Gage, pick up Josh Kelly, uh, you know, pick up Benny Snell, James Robinson for sure. Um, any last thoughts on the waiver wire, guys? If, uh, if I had to pick one really deep sleeper, it's a guy, J.J. Taylor on the Patriots. I just really like him. He seems like a really good weapon. He's tiny. He's got that, like, Darren Sproul, James White type type of vibe to him. I don't know. He just seems like a guy who is one of those undrafted guys, sneaks by, earns a spot on the team, and just kind of produces. But that's a really deep sleeper. Yeah. I'll drop one more, too, that we, we talked about on our last one. Where I added on you know, one of my deeper teams. But Traquan Smith, at least this week, if you need to, you know, pinch a guy in. I, I just heard, you know, somebody else mention this too, is, you know, it, it's similar, similar comp as they're playing the Raiders this week. Uh, you know, Trey Quan's potentially, you know, big play threat. Uh, you know, we just, we just talked about Damon Arnett, you know, falling down on that route against Robbie Anderson. And the, the Raiders secondary is young. Uh, you know, Trayvon Mullen and Arnett. And I, I think, you know, Trey Quan could be good for a big play. So yeah. Trey Quan is a, is a nice ad. He's definitely a fun DFS play. Um, 
But you could be a good ad and kind of watch this week and see what happens and monitor how long Michael Thomas is actually going to be out. But I kind of, you know, I expect Emmanuel Sanders to, to keep like his role in the offense. And I think the one that might actually benefit would be Trey Juan Smith. So that's, that's one that I would think about for sure. Yeah, I'll name one more guy too. <laughs> I think Amendola, Danny Amendola on the Lions could be in for another pretty nice PPR game. Um, I expect the Packers to kind of get out early against the Lions, especially if they're banged up on defense. So he's, he's a good weapon with Stafford. They have really good chemistry and he could easily pick up six or seven catches. This next week. Yeah, for sure. I mean, in PPR leagues, Amendola is like always slept on. I feel like, mm-hmm. yeah, like he's, he's just always a solid guy. Yeah, he's always someone that you can slot in. Who, you know, maybe get seven or eight targets and be worth it for you. So he's not a sexy start, but I mean, he's a fun one. Um, he, 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 sorry. <laughs> um, should we move on to the, the Thursday night one? Yeah, let's get to it. Perfect. So Thursday night football, we got Cleveland, Cincinnati. Um, what do you think? What are, what are some initial thoughts there? Uh, not the most exciting game from my perspective, but <laughs> it'll, typical Thursday. Yeah, it'll it'll be cool to kind of have the spotlight on Joe Burrow and just uh, kind of seeing how he can build off that really close loss from Week One. Um, I I just I'm excited to watch them. I didn't really get a chance to watch the Bengals too much last week, so it'll be cool to see him kind of take command and see if he can handle that big spotlight in the pros. Yeah, and what is it, a six-point spread? Yeah, looks like the Browns are favored by six. I'm taking Cincy. I think Cincy's going to outright win, um, kind of nice. based on what you said. I think, you know, I, Joe Burrow was like so close, you know, to having his first career start be a victory. It would have been, been cool. He's a gamer, and it was blown, you know, by a field goal, field goal miss at the end. Um I think Burrow's going to come out and, you know, really want to really want to prove that, you know, he, he should have won week one. And this isn't a tough matchup week two. You know, the Cleveland secondary is banged up. Um, you know, Joe Mixon said that too. I saw one of the uh, Cincinnati beat reporters saying that Joe Mixon was talking about, you know, left a bad taste in his mouth week one against the Chargers. He can't wait to get back out there. And I, I was kind of preaching on some of our other episodes. Is I'm a big fan of the Cincinnati offense this year. I think it's going to be really – really fun and really fan have a lot of fantasy relevant players um we didn't really get to see it you know go to its full extent week one against the Chargers, which i think was a tough matchup um you know mixon mixon had trouble the Bengals' offensive line isn't isn't the best he didn't have a ton of space tyler boyd was locked up with chris harris all game long aj green you know got you know did, did actually pretty well against casey hayward in the chargers secondary but still not a great matchup and now they play Cleveland where I think they're really going to be able to unravel some things and let Joe Burrow, like, you know, really, really show his true colors. Yeah. Biggest thing is uh, they got to stop Miles Garrett. If he can, if he can get some time to actually make these kind of nicer throws and not have to really scramble for his life, they'll have a chance. But if they can't stop Miles Garrett, it's going to be a long night for them. Yeah. Garrett could be a game wrecker for sure. Um, yeah, that's almost like I felt like that last week when I was watching the the Bengals Chargers game with Joey Bosa. Mm-hmm. Is Joey Bosa was you know back there a lot, and yeah. Joey Bosa was was a game breaker to to a certain extent. And you know on third down, it's when you're trying to pass and you have one of those guys, you know, that's just able to win. It seems at will. It's it's tough. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I definitely have. I mean, I would definitely be picking Cincinnati in that one. I'm picking Cincinnati to win outright. They're getting six points, so I like that. Um, 
And yeah, for fantasy, I mean, I think Joe Burrow is a fine start. I mean, depending who else you have, um, he's someone that I would feel, you know, okay with. He's not, he's not, you know, I wouldn't fire him up in like, you know, my top 10, but he's, he should be interesting. Um, like I said, you know, Cleveland secondary is banged up. I think he's going to be able to pass. So I'm going to actually go for the Browns in this one. I think they're probably going to win by like 10 points or so. I just, I feel like they're going to establish the run early and I don't, I don't know. I just don't think Burrow's going to have an easy time with Miles Garrett. <laughs> I think he's just going to make it really hard for him. And I just, yeah, I'm, I'm predicting a, a big comeback game from Nick Chubb. I think he's yeah. kind of being slept on now. He did have that fumble and, and Kareem Hunt was looking good, but uh, he could really have some big runs in this game, especially with Geno Atkins out for the Bengals. Sure. Yeah. So that leads us into the running back situation. I mean, well, do we do we even have, do we have to talk about Baker? Even would you start Baker this week? <laughs> uh, no, yeah, but I, I I could see him having a better game than Burrow this week. Okay, yeah, I, I wouldn't start Baker. I would definitely be starting you know Burrow over Baker. Uh, I have to see Baker you know look good before <laughs> before I, I can play him for sure. But that'll lead us into the running backs that are more interesting anyway. Um, you know, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb pretty much split in week one. Kareem Hunt was uh, played 36 plays, and then Nick Chubb played 35, so 49% and 48% of the snaps. Um, pretty even split, you know, Kareem Hunt, you know, three more carries. Kareem Hunt had uh, three more catches. So what do you, you kind of think in this one? Do you think Chubb's going to set the tone and just kind of run away with it? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's like we were talking about when they played the Ravens last week. They were down big from the get-go. I don't think they're going to necessarily be down big versus the Bengals, who are still kind of trying to find themselves. So, yeah, I think they're really just going to run the ball, and maybe Kareem does kind of still stay close to that 50-50 split. But I'm thinking Chubb's the guy. You're thinking 50-50 split, they're both going to be worth it this week? Yeah, I think Hunt could still be worth the flex spot. But if I had to pick one, I'd, I'd go Chubb this week. Yeah. Okay. And what about Mixon on the other side? How do you feel? I mean, you're going to start, but how do yeah. you feel about him? I I mean, I'd feel better than going against the Chargers defense. I mean, the Browns are they're pretty banged up. Their defense is not looking very good, especially their linebacking core. Just nothing really, really good to say about them. So, yeah, Mixon should be a good centerpiece for their team this week. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not feeling bad starting him. Yeah, it's – It'll be interesting. I have Mixon in a couple of leagues and I, you know, I wasn't worried week one. I wasn't, you know, I, I, of course I'm starting him. Uh, you know, he's a first round, second round pick and depending on the leagues, but um, you know, the Chargers matchup was tough and he didn't have a lot of room to work with uh, Joe Burrow's you know, first career game. Um, you know, it's just a new offense, like, well, not new offense, but you know, new quarterback and, it just didn't move like too smoothly in week one where I think, mm-hmm. you know, moving forward, if, if he's playing the Browns, this is, you know, a pretty prime matchup, I think. Um, and if he, he doesn't take advantage this week, if they give him, you know, another 19 plus carries, 20 plus carries, and he's not able to, you know, at least I would say get over, you know, 80, 85 plus, you know, maybe hundred yard mark. I'd be a little like, be a little concerned if he puts out yeah. the same output that he did against the Chargers. If he doesn't get in the end zone and, you know, only gets like 60 yards, and, you know, one or two catches, I, 
I would be a little concerned because Gio Bernard was on the field a lot more than I thought he was going to be. Um, they paid Mixon a lot this offseason. And then, you know, Gio came in in the two-minute drill. Gio came in at the end of the game when they were, you know, on their final drive. And those are times as a Mixon, you know, somebody who yeah. rosters Mixon, that's like where I want to see him on the field. I want to mm-hmm. see him, you know, get those targets and maybe like be able to break on a screen pass or, you know, do some of those exciting things at the end of the game. And when Gio Bernard's coming in and, you know, you spent a first round pick or second round pick on this guy and, you know, talking regular football terms, they just spent, you know, paying Joe Mixon like 12 million plus a year. I kind of expect him to stay on the field during that stuff. I don't expect him to be coming off in the two minute drill. Um, so, I don't know. They, I mean, against the Chargers, they passed it. The first play of the game for the Bengals, they passed it to Joe Mixon. And then, you know, he wasn't really involved in the passing game much much after that. So, it'll th- – this week will be big for him. If he, if he you know, lays another egg, I think it's going to be – it's, it's going to be time to maybe, you know, wonder what, what's going to happen with him. But um, this, this, is, this will be a bounce-back week, I think, for Joe Mixon. Nice. All right. And what do you think about some of these receivers? I mean, got a lot of big-time fantasy receivers in this one. You got OBJ, Jarvis Landry, AJ Green, Tyler Boyd, John Ross. Yeah, yeah John Ross. <laughs> um, you know, John John Ross led the led the Bengals in, in snap percentage week one. Do you think that means anything? <laughs> it doesn't really mean anything to me. <laughs> I've, I'm not going to be the guy who starts him. I mean. I guess if he's on the field all the time, he's bound to make one big play, but it's not going to be on my team. No, I'm definitely not starting him. It was just, it was interesting. I mean, he mm-hmm. was on the field more than any other receiver in week one, which is, you know, it is really interesting to me. I see John Ross as more of, you know, a situational type guy and you know, big play guy. He was on the field a lot. So, um, I don't know, maybe they, maybe they saw something there against the Chargers that they thought they could exploit with him, but not too worried about John Ross. We won't talk about him. Um, but Tyler Boyd, I'm expecting a big bounce back from Tyler Boyd. Um, I, you know, kind of saw this in the off season. Like I think a lot of people did, you know, Joe Burrow targeted the slot so much in college, and mm-hmm. especially, you know, that last year with Jefferson. And I hate to, you know, keep beating the drum that everybody's already heard, but I mean, Tyler Boyd's the slot guy there. I expected that to be, you know, a big time, a big time target for, for Burrow and, Week one again, it was just it was just not a great matchup for Boyd. He kind of disappeared. I, I I advised people to sit him week one, and you know week two, I'm I'm totally opposite on that. I think Tyler Boyd should be started all over the place. I think it's going to be a big game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if he goes to Burrow early and often, it's going to be a good formula, like we were just discussing with Miles Garrett. He's going to be in the backfield all the time. So having that quick like option to just do little slants to get the ball out of his hands fast would be big for Burrow and to just get in the like rhythm of the game. I mean, going from Sunday to Thursday is not a lot of time to prepare. It'll be good to just get these quick, easy throws for him to get, get in a groove. Yeah. Tyler Boyd on like those short area targets to really like make a living on, you know, mm-hmm. maybe get like eight or 10 targets and, and turn that into something. Um, and what about AJ Green? Are you starting AJ Green again after we saw week one? Yeah, I was actually, I thought he had a pretty solid game. I mean, yeah. coming back from, not playing at all last year he looked pretty good and I'd, I'd be yeah, I'd be pretty comfortable starting him as like a wide receiver two or flex this week mm-hmm. 
I feel kind of crazy feeling like this might be like a shootout. Okay. I know. I was just thinking, like, <laughs> like I kind this of feel be a like divisional I'm, game, but yeah. yeah, I'm going through all these guys. You know, I expect Burrow to be, you know, firing, and I think Boyd and Green are going to be solid. I think Mixon's a start, like for sure. You know, I think Mixon's going to have a big game. And then I look at the Cleveland side, and I agree with you. I think Chubb and Hunt are both going to like be in, in for good workloads, good games, because I think it's going to be, you know kind of back and forth the whole time. Like, I think, you know, they're going to be able to run it with Chubb. They're going to be able to run it with Hunt. They're also going to be able to use him in the passing game. Um, and then I like OB, OBJ and Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry, you know, is I think limited in practice today. He either didn't practice today, but it was precautionary, they said, about yeah. you know, his, hip, his, his hip surgery this last offseason. Um, so hopefully that's the truth. I mean, I was just, you know, talking to you about this prior to us coming on here is I – and I sat Jarvis Landry in a couple leagues week one because I was kind of you know, weirded out by the, the information that was coming out. He said, like, he'd be involved as involved in the game plan – or he'd be as involved as the game plan allowed him to be, which was weird to me. I didn't really like that. And then he seemed he seemed to be, you know, out there. He seemed to be producing. So, Jarvis Landry, like, never misses time. So, I, I kind of believe them when they, when they say that it's yeah. just precautionary. It just, it just seems like because they're playing Thursday. They're not yeah, gonna, it's a short week. They're not going to put him out there. Yeah, yeah you're, you're – Selling me on on the over on this game, it just kind of reminds me of the Carolina Raiders game last week. Yeah, just a lot of good weapons and not very good defenses. So, yeah, should equal a lot of points unless the Browns get a nice running game, like I've been mentioning early. Then they they could try to slow it down. But I think that'll be the goal. I think they'll try and establish the run. But I I just yeah I don't know. I just I don't have much faith in either of these defenses. I mean yeah, Miles Garrett's a problem, but um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't see too much of it. I think we'll see where Denzel Ward's like lining up. I mean, I think he's going to be on AJ Green a lot. I don't see him like moving into the slot at all. I don't think he did that at all in Week One. So Tyler Boyd should be should be good to go. Um, so it looks like we're kind of all starts on on Cincy. You're not as high yeah. on as I am. You know what? what if, Screw it. They're both first first overall picks. I think they're gonna have that like <laughs> that like alpha off <laughs> yeah yeah they're both throwing four a... touchdowns <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think it's gonna what about cj uzoma any interest in cj uzoma uh i'm not not so, per- yeah, yeah, yeah. not particularly <laughs> I, I actually worry, i have him in one of my dynasty leagues but i mean he is their guy and he he could be like their red zone threat i guess yeah, he's on the field a lot he was on the field like 72 percent of the time um yeah so Last I mean week, that is so. that is encouraging. I just wouldn't I wouldn't start him if you're doing like a uh, like a Thursday only like fantasy daily fantasy. He could be a really nice cheap bet. He's mm-hmm. got a pretty good chance of scoring, especially yeah. if we think they're going to do or they're going to do and score a lot of points. He's he's bound to get some action in the red zone. No, I like that call. Um, how do you feel about you know Odell and Jarvis? I mean, Odell really. He's, Really disappointing week one. He had three yeah. catches for 22 yards. He had 10 targets, which we kind of talked about in our last episode. Like, you know, what are the 10 targets if they're not really, like, you know, all catchable balls? I know there were some penalties called in that game when Odell was, you know, around the ball there. So there might have been some extra yards that was left on the table due, due to some penalties. But how do you feel about Odell? Like, you know, how do you feel starting? Yeah, I, I would feel fine starting him. I mean, they had a incredibly tough matchup last week one of the tougher matchups he's going to have all season so yeah I mean nothing was really easy for them it's going to be I think a lot easier this week 
And I just, I don't know. I've been what thinking if, now, and I could really see both of these offenses going off, just like in what college. If, what if you only had Odell and A.J. Green? Which one would you start? Pick between the two? Hmm. I'd go Odell this week. Okay. I like what him about, uh, in prime time. I think he's going to make some big plays. Yeah. Okay. What about Odell and Amari Cooper? <laughs> Probably Cooper. Yeah. He's playing Atlanta, so that one's a good matchup. Yeah, good matchup. And I liked what I saw week one. Okay. 14 so we kind of know that. So Odell's maybe in between, you know, maybe Amari Cooper and, and AJ Green. So that's fair. And what about Jarvis Landry? Yeah, I mean, Jarvis is definitely the safer pick. I'm just kind of expecting a boom out of Odell this week. But, I mean, if I was playing it safe, I think Jarvis is the much, much better play. He's going to be involved just as much as Odell, but I don't think he offers that big play upside that Odell does. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to be starting Odell, or I'm going to be starting Jarvis in a couple of places if he's if he's healthy and he's ready to go, which you know, I think he's going to be. So I'm not too worried about that. And I mean, yeah, Jarvis is just one of those guys. He just you know, has like a safe floor. He mm-hmm. seems to you know do you know just regular Jarvis things week to week. You know, have like five to seven catches. It's not yeah, it's not going to be you know incredible. I don't expect him to like blow up, but but I would I would start him this week. I like the matchup. Um, yeah, I mean, I think if it's going to be kind of a shootout, which it looks like we're both kind of gearing towards, especially on Thursday night, I just, you know, I feel like the Thursday night games go one or the other. It's either yeah. really <laughs> ugly and there's no points or like the defenses are just kind of a mess on the short mm-hmm. week and there's a lot of points. And so this one, I'm kind of thinking there's going to be a lot. And there are two teams that are both like, you know, eager to like be different than they were week one. Yeah. Like the Browns are coming off an embarrassing loss week one. And the Bengals are coming off kind of like, you know, a nail biter that like they should have won. I don't know. I think that I just have so much, like, I guess, faith in Joe Burrow that I think, like, that really bothered him the way that week one ended. He's going to come out firing. And I think Joe Mixon kind of felt the same. Joe Mixon just got paid and came out and kind of got, you know, essentially shut down in week one. So, we'll see. Yeah, I'm I'm actually becoming more and more excited about this matchup as we're talking. It's going to be really fun to see these former number one picks battling it out. I think there's a lot of pride on the line between these two guys. Yeah, definitely. Definitely a lot. I mean, Baker's got a lot on the line. Like I said yeah. in our, in this our last episode. This is a huge game too, for him. Like, yeah, it, it's Thursday night, but it's still prime time, and everyone's going to be watching, and, you know, it's not going to be like Sunday where we're all kind of catching up and watching the tape mm-hmm. a day later to see what happens. Everyone's going to be watching Baker, and he's going to – you know, there's going to be Baker commercials on. There's going to be all <laughs> the Baker stuff going, and they're going to be profiling him before the game, talking about his shitty week one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's got a lot to prove for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll see if he shows up. What about the other tight end? What about Austin Hooper? So he had two catches for 15 yards in week one on two targets, which was, you know, not, not too inspiring. Yeah. yeah. Oof. I mean, I'm liking their receivers more than Hooper this week, but, I mean, I'm going to expect him to do better than two catches again. They're playing the Ravens, one of the toughest matchups in the league. Patrick Queen on the Ravens looked awesome, like like an instant pro bowler. So it was, it was tough for him to get open. Um, yeah, I'm expecting a better game, but I've never really been a big Hooper guy, even when he was had that breakout for the Falcons. So – more of a fade for me. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm not too interested in that either. I just think, I mean, there's just so many, like, tight ends that are available that I'm interested in that I'm just not going to, you know, it was Chris Herndon, I think I would start over Austin Hooper. I mean, I would start, like, the John Smiths and, you know, the Noah Fants and Mm -hmm. TJ Hawkinson's and and those type of guys over Hooper. And, I mean, if you have Austin Hooper, you probably have another one of those later tight ends. And I, I, you know, I would sit Austin Hooper out for this one probably and kind of wait till I see him produce in this offense before I actually start him and have to rely on him. Um, just in this new system. And it's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, you have to remember, this is like a whole new offense that's installed in, in Cleveland. And we're, we're being really tough on them after week one, but it is completely new to them. They didn't have these preseason games. Um, you know, they played this, they played the Ravens, who, you know, pretty much returned everybody and improved. <laughs> so it's, it's tough. And, you know, that's kind of the theme this offseason. Everyone's talking about continuity and, you know, these teams that, you know, have the same coaching staff, the same starters, like the same you know, team coming back. They're probably going to have an advantage early on. And that's exactly what happened week one with the Ravens and the Browns. So um, we'll see what happens week two, if they kind of are able to grow into like this new offense and, and be used the right way. I and mean, Odell Beckham's the catalyst for sure in the passing game. It's just, I mean, if, if they can somehow unleash him. You know Odell loves prime time, whether it's Thursday, Monday, Sunday mm-hmm. night. Odell's going to be attention. Odell's <laughs> going to be in the zone. So hopefully we can see him get going. Uh, what about either of these defenses? Would you pick up either of the defenses? I mean, from our conversation, it doesn't really look like either of us are. Uh, if I had to, I'd probably go with the Browns, literally just because Miles Garrett. I think it caused a lot of problems. We have a Miles Garrett fan over here. Yeah. <laughs> He's a badass. <laughs> I mean, he, take off he, his helmet and whip him. <laughs> I hope he doesn't do that. <laughs> but, yeah, Mason Rudolph's a fucking racist. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, he alone can get three sacks and cause a forced fumble. So, I don't really see any big, big playmakers on the Bengals' side of the ball. Geno Atkins is out. I mean – Secondary is not that great, banged up. So, yeah, and for what so seems like, like it's kind of a boring fantasy matchup when you look at it on the surface, you know, Browns Bengals, it's got a lot of fantasy relevance. Like, oh yeah, I mean these teams both have you know are full of guys that are just being started in fantasy. The Browns have two running backs that are starters, two receivers that are starters. Bengals, you know, a lot of people are starting Mixon, Boyd, Green, some Burrow. You know, Burrow Burrow didn't put up like you know a good fantasy stat line week one, but there was opportunity for it. Like, you know, he missed AJ Green on a deep ball. He missed a couple of their deep balls. Um, you know, his touchdown at the end of the game got called back. So, you know, Burrow, Burrow's week one goes goes a little bit deeper than the numbers. If you're thinking about starting him, I'd maybe try and check out that game because, uh, you know, it came together at the end for sure. He looked he looked good in the two-minute drill. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, again, big prove-it prove it game for Baker, prove-it game for the Bengals. And, and we'll see. It should be a fun one for sure. Yeah, I think we're going to find out really early in the game whether it's going to be one of those fun <laughs> Thursday night games or one of those really shitty Thursday night games. <laughs> yeah, we're going to find out. One. We're going to find out which Baker we're going to see too. I think by by Odell's expression. Odell, Odell, like, you know, he, he shows when he's frustrated for mm-hmm. sure. Maybe maybe we'll see him kick a net or something on Thursday. Night. Um, <laughs> I'd love that. Yeah, we don't want to shit on Odell. <laughs> we are not going to shit on Odell. Yeah, that's, that's not our thing. <laughs> um, but all right. I mean, I think we're pretty much covered it all. We didn't want to keep this one too long. Um, we're going to put out a Friday show that's going to be more of a start sit week two preview. So we'll go over kind of all the games there. and Maybe some big players that you know we're sitting. Maybe some 
some guys that are starting that'll be surprising. So uh, we'll, we'll get you going then. But for now, Austin. Yeah, let's fine. just uh, let's lock in our, our final picks. So you got the Bengals plus six. I got the Bengals, yeah. I'm going to go with the Browns. Do a little gentleman's bet. Yeah, let's do it. And uh, what are you taking, the over 43 and a half or under? I'm going to take the over, yeah. I, I, I think this is going to be messy. I think the defenses are going to be kind of a mess. I think there's going to be a lot of points. So I think it's going to be good for fantasy. I think it's actually going to be good for Thursday night football and, and good for the two number one picks. I think they're going to they're gonna at least put up some points. Yeah, I think it's going to be a fun game for these two guys, just kind of slinging it around. So, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the over, too. Okay. Excited cool. to watch. So we'll take the over. Austin's going to take the Browns. I'm going to take the Bengals. And we'll catch you guys Friday. All right. All right. Peace out, dude.